3, 2, 1, go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Triad of the Force podcast, a podcast from three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. Today is one of those lucky days where we actually talk about other nerd-related media. We're going to talk about, finally, Spider-Man No Way Home with who else but like our basically fourth unofficial Triad of the Force member, Josie. Josie, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me here again. Always fun being on the Triad of the Force. It's always great having oh, you back. Spicy takes. I mean, this is the third time you've been with us, and each time is better than the last one. I think you're the guest we've had the most at this point. So it's very good, very good to have you. did. <laughs> <laughs> we can't move forward, though, without catching up a little bit and congratulating you. We saw the other day that you have the body power right now and achieved Rotten Tomato status. Congratulations yes. on that. How does that feel? Thank you. It feels powerful because I finally got to do what I wanted to do for a while, which was give Eternals a fresh rating. Bring it up. Bring it up. Yeah. To like a, to what? But I did my part. I put my little grain exactly. in the sand. Every that's, vote that's counts. counts. Every vote <laughs> counts. Go vote, people. Don't don't sleep on the 2022 election. Exactly. Just because we couldn't get Eternals to be certified fresh doesn't mean you should not vote in the midterms. Which, just for people, if you haven't seen it, the DVD is out. Also, it is on Disney Plus. So go watch some cinema. And if you don't agree with me, please don't let me know. I'll feel very sad because I like this film. <laughs> if you disagree with us, we'll block and we'll mute you because that be, we're all about <laughs> Report safe space. Block. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does that mean? What does that mean for you now that, uh, in terms of like your career and, and being Rotten Tomato certified, what's next? Because we know you're in film posters and Remezcla. Mm -hmm and a bunch of like cool websites for like a movie criticism. So, you know, now that you're, you know, legit, so to speak, with uh, yeah, I'm like, the Rotten Tomatoes, what's, <laughs> what's next? What's next? I don't know what's happening, but I feel very grateful because things are moving in a good direction. Um, I'm writing now also for Todas PR, which is a Puerto Rican outlet, which makes me very happy because I also get to give back, back home as well. And writing in Spanish, which is not my strong suit, because I, I mean, I grew up in, Port in Puerto Rico, so I vivo in Puerto, vivi in Puerto right. Rico, but I went to an English school, so English mm. kind of like, it, my, my language was colonized, <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah, just, yeah, it happens, it, it, I mean, again, Puerto Rico, U.S. territory, colony, so yeah. Well, crypto it, bros, get out. <laughs> yes. So it makes me very happy to finally get to practice writing critically in Spanish again. And also just the Ron and Tomatoes thing was something I applied on a whim, which I genuinely wanted, but I was prepared for the rejection because everyone was like, oh, yeah, I've applied it five times and I still haven't gotten it. So I'm, not, I'm seriously not trying to flex. I like this is my first time applying. <laughs> flex, flex, and I, do it. I thought I was going to get rejected. I was ready for it, but I was like, I'm still going to try. And then I got approved and I was like, what's happening? And at first, that was like the main thing. But then people were telling me that de la isla específicamente, apparently, me and someone else were the first female critics to get Rotten oh. Tomatoes approved. Wow, that's even a bigger like, deal. What? Congratulations. Super congratulations now. <laughs> it's like. That's, it's, it's a like, sad wow. set of affairs, but congrats. Because <laughs> it's mm. like you feel happy and proud, but also why? <laughs> why are we the first? Like great male critics and Laila, like, I really admire, but also my mujer. <laughs> Let's go. Do you think that's more of a thing because the, the, they're not like applying for these uh, for these criticism uh, cr critic roles or because mm. they're just getting rejected or it's just because they're in the know. island there's like you know some you know uh, uh, passive some passive discrimination you know I think there's a little bit of everything that because um I remember for when I first started with film posters it was very difficult for us because um we are three women and one man and still it, like they wouldn't take us seriously and we did notice there was a lot of gatekeeping there's no other way to mm -hmm. say it and eventually started infiltrating those spaces and more people have started doing it a friend of mine my co-host from film talk uh, captain melendez on twitter 
she just started going to screening. So it takes a little bit longer for female critics to get in for some reason. And I don't know why. I mean, there's probably, there's, there's an easy way to say that. Institutionalized. <laughs> right. So, and I imagine that it's worse being, not just being a woman, but then being a woman of color. That mm -hmm. makes it even more complicated, I would imagine, because nothing is easier, right? When you're a minority and then a minority within that minority. <laughs> it's kind of right. sad most of the people that have those positions are also women so it's it's upsetting that we don't support each other but hopefully mm. that is changing but there's also the aspect that there aren't that many there aren't that many resources for critics in la isla obviamente mm. so if you most of the people that do get those opportunities are like involved with network television or the radio so people mm. like us that do this on the internet it's a little bit more difficult even though our outreach is bigger we are not mm. limited to just like local presence in La Isla. So it's just about broadening the perspective, but we're going up. Yeah, I, yes, that's the, that's the yeah. only direction we should be going in. And I mm. congratulations. But now, you know, before we get like into this whole Spider-Man thing, you're hit like on the whole the representation conversation, which is kind of a big deal for us as well, because, you know, uh, you know, being a Puerto Rican podcast, we can't help but always talk about representation. So one of those things that I find interesting about what you just said is that it makes me wonder then if there's gatekeeping on both sides, right? Because there's gatekeeping mm -hmm. like in the in mainstream critics circles in the US, right? And like they're discriminating against like people of color and women and mm -hmm. all that stuff, because that's institutional, right? And in the in, in those circles. But I also wonder like within the, the stuff that's going on in Puerto Rico, if there's also like a gatekeeping in the other direction, where it's just like if you're a Puerto Rican that's doing that work in the States, if you're kind of get kept away from like the internal circles right in Puerto Rico of mm -hmm. criticism is that a thing that happens because I would somehow I would suspect yeah. that there's you know some a lot of infighting between the Puerto Rican groups because you know that's I how have, we are yeah I have noticed that ever since I moved to New York getting more opportunities I've gotten more respect from my colleagues back home mm -hmm. So there is a little bit of that porque es que también en, en Puerto Rico tenemos la mentalidad de people that make it out of the island deserve more respect than people that make it in the island. Right. And then you come back and you're like, una super estrella. And it's like, but we were doing that same thing back home. We just left. And now like it right. hasn't changed. We're still the same person. So it just also, that would be getting into politics because it just also talks about the mentality mm -hmm. that we have back home about um, admiring everything that isn't local. When again, yeah. like, Look at this badass group we have right here. Somos producto de la isla. Like there's so much talent. It, it is true. It's it's that like um, it's probably you know that colonial thinking. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you know they're they're better because mm -hmm. which is so sad. You know, it yeah. But it's interesting because I see it, I see I see it both both ways, right? I see that mentality, like that perspective of being from the island, like thinking that you made it when you're out there instead of mm -hmm. like making it within. But I also see like there's discrimination a lot from us. Oh, you you abandoned us. So like you're like, now we kind of, like nadie profeta en su tierra type of thing. No, no one's yeah. a prophet in their own land type of thing. You, you left us and now you're not, you're making it, but now you're not part of the of the in-group. Uh, yeah, you're not from here nor from there. So like, I don't know, it's, a, it's weird. I think it's like you said, it's a lot of, internal politics and stuff and especially with the charged climate that we have now with all the nft and crypto bros and all the yeah, displacement and stuff like we, we can't like even begin to like understand the the the, the psychological mess that is the, the mm -hmm. Puerto Rican consciousness right because it's so fractured and so uh, <sighs> fragile right now that it's uh, very difficult to, to understand well, i mean i don't they didn't want to mean i didn't mean to want to get into that rabbit hole again no, i mean it's always a good conversation <laughs> to have regardless of what we're discussing because i mean it does infiltrate our perspective on so many different things mm -hmm. and again we're discussing media and films through our perspective so it's a part of it <laughs> yeah absolutely. absolutely and it connects to spider-man because they are they're also fracturing and breaking apart their own oh, amen bringing it back bringing it back oh, i love that i love that yeah we'll, we'll get oh we'll get to we'll get to peter's reality fractioning but yeah but we need definitely more uh, 
their critics that are you know people of color and women to come in into the fold so that we can move that ticker on Rotten Tomatoes into the certified for Eternals. That, that movie deserves yes. a lot more respect. So please, please, please come again. If... Woman of color directing and look at how it was treated. <laughs> Not just woman of color directing, but also like an extremely diverse cast with the mm -hmm. first like, oh, like a lot of like all oh, these Marvel movies and Disney movies are just like, oh, look, there's a gay character in here, but always mm -hmm. it's kind of like a background character for half a second doing something that could just be like, that doesn't mean nothing. This movie oh, actually had legit well, like a yeah. legit gay character with a partner and yeah. like on screen and like no, no one talked about it. It wasn't pandering like usually because people were nervous. We're like, ah, oh, another Disney queer baity thing. But no, it was very respectful and like it didn't feel forced. And especially like Brian Tyree Henry is just such a good actor. And like both of them like had really good chemistry for the small amount of time they were together. And it was just so nice. <laughs> it, but that's the great thing about it. It wasn't it was just a, a natural part of mm -hmm. the story which just you know felt very very uh, warm and welcoming and inviting which I think you could say that about every single relationship in the Eternals that is not the main <laughs> relationship in Eternals mm -hmm. unfortunately at least in my opinion because uh, uh, Fastos and Angelina Jolie uh, wait what's it no it's not Fastos it's uh oh my god forgot the names I haven't seen the movie in a minute Fastos, Fina <laughs> Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, yeah, Gilgamesh, that's what it was. Uh, but anyway, clearly I'm not prepared to talk about Eternals right now because I haven't seen it in a minute. So let me stop pretending about it. And let's For get another into episode. the meat and potatoes of it. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, which is Spider-Man No Way Home, part yeah. three of the Homecoming trilogy, the, the alleged final film of Tom Holland's Spider-Man career. No, it's not. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, it's a movie that like there was a lot of hype, lots of expectation, uh, lots of theories coming into it. Like, uh, is, is Andrew Garfield going to be in it? Is Tobey Maguire going to be in it? Who are going to be the villains? Is this going to be with the multiverse? What's Doctor Strange's role? Uh, so many crazy things, uh, which in a way it was impossible for it to meet expectations. So let's start with you, Josie. Did the movie meet the expectations that you know the film set up for itself? in the you know in the in the you know, when it came up to it 100 100 percent. this was a film that i think a lot of us were anticipating it was um because not to bring it back to eternals but i remember a lot of people being like we need to destroy the marvel machine and i'm like you chose eternals to do that how convenient and then it's like mm -hmm. you guys are bashing eternals saying marvel needs to stop we don't need marvel anymore but you're all gonna go back to the theater to watch no way home and what happened mm -hmm. <laughs> yes mm -hmm. that exact same thing but with the reason because it was one of the most anticipated films especially for me, because we all knew what was going to happen. And even then, sitting, of course, spoilers, even then, sitting <laughs> in the, the theater. two people that haven't seen it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just kept thinking, can you imagine if they don't do it? That would have been awesome. <laughs> and then he shows up, and I'm like, my sweet summer child, you're back. Because one thing that I was very open about when the film came out was that the Amazing Spider-Man films are actually my favorites and I will not be shamed for it. Spice, <laughs> and I the spicy takes continue. The second one is trash, but I'm a raccoon and I love <laughs> me a good garbage can. <laughs> so I really, I really like both of those mostly because I, we all, you know how people categorize them. Like Toby McGuire was the best um, Peter Parker mm. and Parker was the best Spider-Man and then Tom Holland is a little bit of both so I definitely liked Andrew Garfield he was very charismatic and even in this film I did it like I was so surprised that he still this is not a way to phrase it but I'm just gonna say out charisma to everyone right mm -hmm. so he very he very much captured attention and just the way the three of them work together just made me very happy so this was definitely a film that just managed to meet expectations it was fan service without being um, empalagoso. Yeah, yeah. We managed to do everything well and it felt justifiable while also just, again, being fan service and that's fine. Right. But there's a good way to do it and I think they nailed it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think we can call the movie fan service the movie, but it's still but done 
how it needs to be done. Yeah. Mo, <laughs> how about you? What did you think? I know that you also had thoughts coming in. You also are a big fan of Andrew Garfield and the yes. amazing Spider-Man films. So, so what, was, what was that experience? Best Spidey, still the best Spidey. That's, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna change. I'm that. in. <laughs> uh, I, I, I went in with like MJ's mentality. Don't expect anything and you won't be disappointed. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's how I went to this movie. Uh, I, I did, to be honest, I was like, well, they're going to bring everybody back. This, this like bringing Spider-Man yeah. 3, Tobey Maguire, mm -hmm. flashbacks of like, you brought every, a lot of things and not, none of it worked. But the fact that it was, it was well-paced, I think. Mm -hmm. the, the, I, I was afraid they were gonna, it was going to be like too rushed. But it, mm -hmm. it felt so organic, like, okay, this is what happened, and these are the consequences of Peter's action. And there's there's no, I mean, there, there are villains, but there's no, the, the tr drama is not based on a villain's action. It's based on the consequences of Peter's actions. And I think that's what made the movie work, mm -hmm. because it, it didn't pit, like, oh, good versus bad. You know, it just hit like Peter in his own journey to understand what are the repercussions that now that mm -hmm. everybody knows that I'm Spider-Man and how I'm going to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And I think that the movie delivered in all senses mm -hmm. because it, it not only, you know, it, 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 it was a touch on all the nostalgic aspect that it was forward moving. It also made that, opening the avenue of like you know the next what's going to be happening on the next marvel well at the same time mm. cutting ties with spider-man it, it was uh, it, i think mm -hmm. it it all it achieved what it was meant to do <coughs> and it made me cry a few times and i'm i'm all all for a movie that makes me cry like so i think that's that's all in all it was a very i saw it twice in the theaters and that's very rare that i will see The movie mm -hmm. twice so <laughs> kudos to the movie <laughs> and that yeah, ending song to reach the magic number <laughs> mm -hmm. it it is that's why we're the trial of the force because uh, three gets yes. three gets things done uh, no but i absolutely agree with like both of you and but one of uh, i totally forgot what i was gonna say uh, oh now i remember uh, well because one other thing i was very worried about this goddamn movie if I'm, i'm not i'm not gonna lie because you know i i really dug i really dug a uh, homecoming and far from home And one of the things that, I, and especially Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, like I was apprehensive coming into, into the Spider-Verse, but then I saw it and I was like, okay, can we have more Nicolas Cage, like noir Spider-Man? Because this is just the best thing in the world. And Spider-Pig, and I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for this multiversal madness. But then when it was announced, right, that Spider-Man 3 might be, you know, the multiverse and they might bring in Tobey Maguire and... Andrew Garfield, I'm like, no, don't do that, guys. Come on, you're just, you're just riffing off into the Spider-Verse. It's, it's not original. Spider-Verse did it, and they're probably going to do it better than you. There's no way you can stick the landing with th these expectations I mean, of bringing everyone back. I mean, back. that being said, I still think, of course, Spider-Verse reigns supreme and multiversal. Yes. But they still did a good mm -hmm. job. Right, right. And that's, and that's the thing. And so I, I, every time I doubt Marvel that they're not going to stick the landing, Just with Endgame, I was like, there's no way they're going to stick the landing with this movie. There's too many things to uh, put together. Boom. We love you, 3000. I'm like, God damn it. Yeah, they did it. Uh, and so same thing with Spider-Man. Like, I was very apprehensive, very nervous about it. And man, and they, and, and they did it. They hit, like, every single note that they needed to hit uh, to, like, make a very engaging and satisfying conclusion to the trilogy, which I thought was kind of interesting for them to conclude it and i i wonder if that's because of the corporate uh, decisions behind the scenes right of sony kind of wanting to do their own spider-verse thing without the mcu so they're like okay let's kind of wrap this up as an mcu story but then do the multiversal thing so we can take him out into like a branch out you know so we can do our own thing but then if we want to bring him back we can bring him back because multiverse there's no there's no rules anymore Uh, which I wouldn't be surprised if that's true uh, because corporate reigns supreme and all these uh, decisions. But uh, Ken Feige, you gotta give it to him. He's one of these people that's able to maneuver the corporate world and make those decisions work in a story perspective. So 
kudos, kudos, because the movie kind of, it did it. It did it. It didn't feel bloated. It was the opposite. You kind of wanted more to an extent. It's like, oh, why isn't Matt Murdock in this movie more? Where's Paul Giamatti? Why isn't Paul Giamatti wearing the rhino costume? Come on, bring him. Just bring everybody. Let's just go crazy here. Uh, but uh, I really loved it. I did not expect them to go the route with uh, Aunt May that they did, which audibly made me gasp. I like gasped out loud in the movie theater. Like, what the hell is happening here? It's, she's, she's, that's not half. Spoiler alert. She died, guys. She died in the most tragic tragic way possible and she said the words and i was like no she's not gonna say them because they already established in the other spider-man that like uh, he already knows that you know in a convoluted way he said the, the phrase without having to say it because marvel wasn't gonna say it because he's already said it in the previous two trilogies so he's not gonna say it. and then when she says it i'm like ah, floored floored absolutely floored and i think that's one of the important things about this movie and movies like it which francis Ford coppola can suck it is that they get a reaction out of people. They make people have fun. They make people feel something. They make people invested in characters. And mm. I love going to a screening, like screenings that I went to with Spider-Man where people yeah. are engaged. <laughs> I remember being so upset and I've trained myself to stop getting upset at things I see on Twitter because no vale la pena. But it bothered me a bit at people making fun of that clip where people were like screaming in the theater during Spider-Man No Way Home. And I'm like, well, I did the same thing. So you're making fun of me too. But mm -hmm. it can when they came in, literally like my entire theater just oh, yeah. rocked Exploded. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. So did mine. I was like, oh, it's fine. Stop making fun of other people's <laughs> joy. We're living in a pandemic. Let us be happy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like curmudgeons that don't enjoy. Well, they do enjoy things, but they don't want to have people enjoy things the way they want to enjoy them. Which is yeah, like, because you know, you know comic know. book films, Marvel films are low are low brow, and it's like stop, stop with your elitismo. Right, right. There, there's there's a thing to be said about. Mm -hmm. I think there's a it's a there's two conversations to be had about it. Like, is there a, a oversaturation of comic book movies in the film industry? Oh, definitely. And, and is like the corporate model of the MCU making it harder for indie films and other dramatic films <clears throat> to have a place in the, you know, in the mainstream for people to access them. And the answer is yes, mm. I think, to those questions. But that is a separate question from are Marvel movies good or bad? I mean, the corporate structure behind... They make people happy. Right, right. Mm. And what's the point of movies, you know? The, and, yeah. and, I mean, some movies make you sad, obviously, but it's the illicit, the illicit reactions and the in the human spirit. And I think uh, the Marvel films definitely, especially No Way Home, elicited a lot of reactions in the human, in the collective human spirit. Uh, <clears throat> one thing though that I was not disappointed by, but worried about coming into No Way Home, and I wanna hear your guys' thought about it, was that it would, <clears throat> excuse me, undo a little bit the ending of Far From Home, because Far From Home, obviously we end with that cliffhanger of, uh, of Peter Parker and it, I was gonna say Mephisto, Jesus Christ. The internet has ruined me. Uh, not Mephisto, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mephisto. Uh, exactly, uh, Mephisto's in every Marvel movie now. Uh, He's been but, there uh, the entire time. That's, that's gonna be the big reveal. Mephisto yeah. was an Iron Man one. <laughs> yeah, he's the... <laughs> I wish that they did that, honestly, that would be great. But it ends with Jake Gyllenhaal revealing uh, Peter Parker's identity. Uh, to the world and like how does Peter reckon with uh, that you know as the you know just the whole thing about Spider-Man is like Spider-Man's identity is a secret and every time someone finds out about it someone gets screwed <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> going to No Way Home I was worried that they would shift focus away from seeing the consequences of that ending and moving it into like ah forget about it and let's go straight into multiversal chaos and to an extent they did kind of undo the ending of Far From Home fairly quickly, but I still think that they were able to do it in an elegant way that still managed to address the consequences of that and then lead into the multiversal madness, right? Not to keep using that phrase because I'm hyped for Doctor Strange too, but uh, what did you guys think about that? Josie, I'll start with you how, about how they handled the ending of Far From Home leading into No Way Home. Yeah, I like how they built up to the madness. So we do see what happens at the end because they start with that. So they start with the end of Far From Home. And then you think it's going to go 
like to the fan but then like the beginning is just casual we see mm-hmm. peter trying to go about his day of course we get that charlie cox um cameo which is yes. great which i was so mad because i avoided so many spoilers before this film i didn't see any of the leaks i didn't see anything i was like a ninja on the internet and i avoided everything <laughs> impressive and then someone spoiled that Charlie Cox was in the film as soon as I sat down. This little kid behind me was like, I can't wait to see Daredevil in this film. And I'm like, I swear if you're right, I'm going to be so <laughs> mad. Punch a kid. Eh. One time to punch kids is acceptable. We don't punch kids unless they spoil something <laughs> right before a movie. But yeah, I like how, because the beginning was so, not monotone, but Italians, it was very simple. And then you start building up slowly to the craziness. So I like how they eased us into that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mo, how did you feel about like the ending of Far From Home and how it was the consequences were handled or not handled in No Way Home? I, I think they handle it gracefully. The only, mm-hmm. the only thing I would have liked more, and this just because I, it's a little bit more J. Jonah Jameson. I would have mm-hmm. loved like a little bit more bashing, but... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, 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 I think the fact that they tried to, you know, show us a Peter that wanted a normal life, I think that mm-hmm. was important because it's, it's it sets the stage for the madness that's gonna ensue, and and it's it's you know it's it's a very it's a callback to our lives. Like we want to have, have normal lives, but then you know at the end of the day, our minds are just full of madness, and we have to how mm-hmm. do we deal with that? Uh, and I think it was like it said this like the answer of like you know Spider-Man strength comes from their friends, their family, mm-hmm. and to see how it leads to Spider-Man being completely alone with nobody to actually mm-hmm. uh, it, it 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 makes a call back to like okay. Are, are they are they playing on like that idea that oh you, to be a superhero like that american dream you have to be by yourself and you have to abandon mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm, that you love mm-hmm. and nobody can love you because you're a pariah now you're right 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 um so you know it'll be interesting how they eventually play with that or not uh because it, yeah. it you know they, they can they can just leave it ass and half you know you know another spider-man another friendly spider-man and this another multiverse uh but the fact that the i i i love like how the role of dr strange is like yeah i'm not gonna help you but f it this sounds like fun like let's yeah. go with it and then getting mad at like oh you didn't even make a call to mit to make sure you could go like, get it like seriously you asked me to i can call one. <laughs> yeah i did it i think we all collectively went you can call back <laughs> well, i think that's one of the great rejection things. that's one of the great things is like he's he's a kid he doesn't know anything exactly so like making all these he goes into the superpower solution immediately because that's the only thing he knows he doesn't know that i really like that because then we were focusing so much on that mundane aspect of like him getting into college that immediately mm-hmm. when he's on his way then of course doc ock appears and we're like wait right My let's right the craziness let's get in <laughs> let's go <Yes. laughs> so it, they made us even though we were in this is why we came to the film they still made it feel like a surprise mm-hmm. so yeah. they still managed yeah. to like um manage expectations well for the audience yeah yeah i thought i thought it was an interesting decision on marvel's part to kind of well I don't know well I don't know why I have a theory of why they did it but I was surprised that they went all out and just in the marketing we're just like okay here we go Doc Ock is in it Green Goblin's in it everyone's in it except the other Spider-Man they're not in it but maybe the bad guys are in it I wonder if they did that so you don't so you don't think about that (laughs) I wonder if they did that because of Alfred Molina just being like yeah I'm in the Spider-Man and they're like he's my favorite Spider-Man villain so I saw him in that trailer and I was like one ticket please yes <laughs> yeah, i was all the tickets like i just want a, i just want a spider-man to be alfred molina all of it yes and yeah. maybe spider-man can talk to him a couple of times but if it were just alfred molina i would be perfectly fine with it because he all, was all done he was so good in spider-man 2 and spider-man 2 is my favorite spider-man movie 
still, I'm sorry, but uh, but that's why like I was so happy to see him in this movie. And that's why I liked, I'm not gonna say a, the twist, but I saw it saw it coming. Well, the movie's already been on everyone's side. Uh, the the redemption arc and like him actually fighting with the spider men. Uh, I saw that and I was so glad that they did it because it's like, yeah, he's he's he was always a sympathetic villain yeah. and he was always a good guy. He always like liked Peter. So it just makes sense that he's not a villain in this movie. Uh, yeah. So the fact that they did it that way, I was like, thanks, man. Thanks. Because it wasn't his the, fault. His yeah, machine right. just betrayed him. Right. Exactly. Oh, but that and, and the that, scene when like, uh, who was it? Was it was it Tobey Maguire that gives him like the arc reactor? And then he just does the call back to Spider-Man 2. He's like, the power of the sun in my hand. And my hands. The callbacks in this film, like, get you teary-eyed because mm -hmm. you're like, I mean, again, this, watching this film also just made me very emotional because I remember growing up with these films. These mm -hmm. are some of the first films I ever saw in theaters. So mm -hmm. being, like, sitting in the theater and, like, all these people excited, just sitting around, just all of us collectively, like, going crazy, just reminds yeah. me of when I was a kid. I felt like a little kid just watching these films, which was the same way I felt when I watched The Last Jedi in theaters and, like, Rogue mm -hmm. One. Because like you it's grow like, up ah. watching these films and you're yes. like, ah. yeah. I'm getting I'm getting all excited again just thinking mm -hmm. about it. Uh, it's, it's the, so the, the, the only thing missing was the uh, national anthem, the Pinta Duida. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Yes, for everyone that doesn't know, the Puerto Rican uh, Puerto Rican th movie theaters uh, it's basically a monopoly. It's like it's like an AMC but worse because there's no other movie theaters basically mm -hmm. called Caribbean Cinem Cinemas, and there used to be a commercial. Uh, for this paint company, local paint company called Harris Paint that played for like, I don't know, probably 20 years uh, to the point that I just became part of the pop culture in Puerto Rico where everyone just knew it by heart. And it's argued that most people know that anthem more than our actual national anthem. So oh, yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, it's perfect. It's it like, perfect. it is paint your life with the colors of my, of my land. <laughs> And it describes, uh, and then it goes color by color, telling you what that color is and what it represents. Yeah, like oh, yellow yeah. for mango, blue the adoquines, which is oh. like old San Juan. Oh, it, <laughs> it, it, white fantastic. for coconut, and we're red, like, red for yes! Light. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. So we'll probably leave a link in the description below so you can check it out for yourself. Because Puerto, Rico, Puerto Ricans do it better. That's, that's absolutely true. You give us, I mean, there was that superhero movie that came out not too long ago. I haven't seen it yet. But everyone says it's the most Our amazing Zach? thing ever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I heard it was so bad, but people were like so enjoying it because it just goes, it, it un unapologetically goes hard. goes hard. It's like a Bollywood film from what I've seen in the descriptions <laughs> for that movie. Just I like, signed up to get a DVD because it was playing in Puerto Rico while I was over here. So I still haven't been able to see it. And I don't think it's in theaters anymore. So I'm like, send me that DVD. <laughs> It's not, well, you're saying it's not going to be on Netflix? What? Zach Enfrentamiento Mortal or algo así. That, yeah, that, it, 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 it's a terrible name to begin with. So it's just like everything about it's perfect, basically. But uh, kind of going back into the callbacks, into Spider-Man, to the old films that kind of make you feel excited again. One of them for me, obviously all the Doc Ock stuff, but one of them for me was definitely, and Mo, maybe you'll sympathize with this because I think we've talked about this for a long time, even before No Way Home, was the the meme, meme like you were saying the memification of like all the spider-man stuff and for me the one thing was green goblin when he when they're when he's in the little prison and then all of a sudden he looks at peter and he's like oh you know i'm something of a scientist myself and i'm like they did it they did it they did the yes they, did it again. they should <laughs> everyone screamed in my theater when he said that we were like ah <laughs> same uh, is that, again it's just joy it's just happiness but but but, but that's the beautiful sorry <laughs> no, yeah, lo, lo, lo the fan service, because it was good fan service. Exactly. That, that, it's beautiful. Like, it, it's not made, it wasn't forced upon you. Just opportune moment that, hey, I can just insert this meme and it's going to work. And it makes yeah. people laugh. And that's, that's what counts. That works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just one of those things where they knew their audience. And sometimes we just have to admit, like, this is made for a specific audience and they know their audience. Their, the audience was happy. So I think they did a good job. Yeah, uh, which which again doesn't detract from the quality of the movie because I think the movie is like visually stunning. I think it's the best looking of the Tom Holland films. I mean, yeah, the I think one of my favorite scenes that everyone was talking about for a while was 
the Spidey sense scene because we mm-hmm. had never seen Spidey senses be portrayed that way. He's just walking around the apartment and that tension just keeps going up. It's like, those mm-hmm. are rookie oh, numbers. We got to pump them up. <laughs> and you're that just there perfect, with yeah. him just by the throat. Marvel has you by the throat and Sony too. And then Willem Dafoe just goes Dafoe mode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He goes all really lighthouse good. on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all, I, I think the lighthouse changed changed the foe's face. Like I, you you love like how the cycle will come out. Like <laughs> what, a, what a talent. So what a good. talent. And, and that's the thing. Like he <clears throat> he's very good in the movie, not just because he's Willem Dafoe, but also because you can just tell that everyone's having a blast oh, making yeah. that movie. They're having so much fun. Especially like I I kind of felt like Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe specifically. We're just having like a blast finally, like having scenes together and stuff. Because you could, you could, I mean, obviously, Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin has like evil face. And stuff, they, 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 were, they were all as, having fun. They were all having fun. Like. Especially Jamie Foxx, too. Because Jamie Foxx Jamie Fox was like, having I get to, fun. I get yeah. to look, I don't get to be blue. I don't get to, I get to look like me. He's a very handsome man. And yeah. you know, actually be a cool villain instead of, you know, be. No, yeah. And everything. Like they still stuck with his motivations from the other film, but they vamped it up. They gave mm-hmm. him a more righteous purpose. Um, you could relate to his character even more now because it didn't feel like cartoonish. Mm-hmm. They made him a respectable villain, which I really liked. And and in doing so, it still gave him the stupid comic book accurate costume. Yeah. And it still worked. That's one of the things. It's like, wait, so the blue thing that's supposed to be more grounded looked ridiculous but the comic accurate hat thing mm-hmm. actually worked better it was like good job marvel i mean and the marvel side mcu is do i mean keep doing what you're doing i'm not so mm-hmm. sure what's happening with Mo- uh, morbius or whatever the hell that movie with uh, yeah. uh I, I, I'm Leto is, but it. <laughs> it's just like oh, what is- but also, Leto also needs a vacation just so- i was not expecting sandman to be in this one which i know he was in the trailer but i just didn't expect them to give him as much time as they did Mm -hmm. and i really liked it because i remember when i was young and i saw spider-man 3 and just feeling so sad for his character so i Mm -hmm. loved what they did for him here my question about and i want to hear your guys's reaction to this my question about sandman and lizard actually was that uh, for me those two characters felt that they were reusing old lines from like the previous Mm -hmm. movies and that they didn't actually have like those actors kind of come back so that's why for me some of those especially lizard is some of those things kind of felt that took me out of the moment because they felt like oh yeah not not a recreation but a repurposed footage from like those films and inserted there which was kind of like off-putting for me I don't know how you guys felt about it I didn't feel it as much with Sandman again mostly Mm -hmm. because I have that empathy for his character so Mm -hmm. at least like story-wise I liked where they took it but with Lizard I noticed it more because I guess I didn't care that much about his character and like you notice, it's it's a little bit lazy because especially when they give him the antidote, it's the same exact it's sequence same. from yeah. that film. So you're just wondering, like, what well, what was the point? You guys are giving us so much here. Then why did you include it? But also, yeah, like, it was necessary. But mm. it's lazy. It's lazy. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like uh, and, Photoshop and, when it, in that it's, it's like a movie with such amazing VFX and all of a sudden like lizard just like looked like a copy paste there. A JPEG. Someone put a JPEG yeah. on the screen. Like. Maybe they'll say, you know, didn't render well, well, come into the next multiverse. <laughs> Which, but it's interesting that you say that because I have never seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. I will own up to that. It's just like, I never bothered. Pero I did really enjoy actually Amazing Spider-Man, the first one. I thought it was a very good reboot. I think they did a good job. And I did actually like Lizard as a villain. I think it was a good foe, especially because of his motivations right he wasn't just a but i like how they called it how they called it out like you wanted to turn people into lizards so he's like yeah why (laughs) what's wrong nothing it's his motivation motivation. so they made fun of it without totally canceling it or pulling back on it because then that would just be insulting to the amazing spider-man films like they exist Mm -hmm. acknowledge them you can make fun of them but um 
there was a lot of good that came with that people like yeah. i remember when the first amazing spider-man came out my theater was full i saw it at plaza america and it was just wild it was along the same lines of no way home because it was just a lot of people <clears throat> i went with a lot of spider-man friends mm-hmm. like they love like spider-man's their favorite superhero and everything and a lot of them just really liked andrew garfield because they were like oh yes this is how it's supposed to be this is how because mm-hmm. he's supposed to this is how it is in the comics he's supposed to build his own webbing blah blah which i like how they also talked about yeah. that in the <laughs> film where they were like wait you don't make your you? own webbing <laughs> he's like yeah <laughs> so, so you ever have blockage <laughs> <laughs> that was no that was that was that oh was the good. existential crisis oh been through that too oh and the back cracking i'm like these guys are just having fun on set yeah, they're, they're happy guys. it was a beautiful like <laughs> when it's like i love you guys and they were like okay like no also when toby tells andrews peter like you're amazing i think all yeah. of us that love his peter like andrews peter we all collectively want thanks yeah <laughs> I think, I mean, I, I, obviously that was very self. I mean, it was kind of like, okay, the Amazing Spider-Man films, you're amazing. amazing I loved it. I was like, of amazing. course, that perfect wording. I didn't mind it. I was like, yes. No, no, neither, neither did I. I mean, it was, yeah, I was like, it was, this is delicious. really on the anymore. nose, but, but perfect. Uh, well, you were going to say something, sorry. No, I was kind of like a callback to what Josie said that, you know, they even, even Andrew Garfield made, like that self-depreciating like oh i'm i'm not even the best spider-man like and then like <laughs> yeah. I, I i think some some other villain was like I, i'm not even gonna bother with you because you're not you're not even like the cool one anymore it's like i know i'm sorry like but like with such honesty i think like mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it was like they brought out that emotion like mm-hmm. they, they were so self-aware like and just enjoying themselves and you can see that you can just see that they were just enjoying themselves and i think mm-hmm. it shows like they're acting yeah, yeah uh, they really but it, it, but it's it, it's it, it's telling of the storytelling as well of the writers you know putting this movie together that they're able to kind of redeem to, to use a word the amazing Spider-Man films, because uh, obviously there's a lot of, uh, uh, obviously people love the Andrew Garfield performance, but the, the movies ended with a whimper in a sense and critically they weren't well received and there was a lot of loose threads that were never, you know, uh, completed. So mm-hmm. the fact that this movie is able to pick up other movies of a different, you know, franchise, yeah. not a different franchise, uh, a different universe and be able to complete some of the journeys that that Peter Parker was taking, especially with that scene with uh, MJ when he rescues her. And which, then, like, I in the trailer, I was like, in the trailer, I was like, that's got to be Andrew Garfield rescuing yeah. her, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember and I it tweeted was, it and oh. people were like, no. And I'm like, it's going to happen. It needs to yeah. happen. It has to. <laughs> it, it, it has to. And it that's did. That's when I Holy cried. Crap. Mo, yeah. you were talking about crying. That's when I cried. He said, I, I cried there too. I was like, you did it. But the <laughs> like, thing is, him, not, it wasn't It wasn't him saving her. It was like the face he does when like he has her in his arm. And he's like, oh, I, I finally did it. And I was able to oh, save an MJ. Like, oh, got all emotional. All of a but yeah, but seeing it in the theater and everyone also being like, oh. <gasps> Everyone just gasping when like Peter Green Goblin's you know glider just takes them off and then what's gonna happen? Then when it shoots back to Andrew Garfield and everyone just cheering and going insane, it was like the best experience. Again, good fan service. Yes. Because they justified it. It wasn't just because there were there was a lot of things happening there. Because again, Peter is going to save her like mm-hmm. Tom Holland, but then that happens. So what has to happen next? And then he comes in. So it's justified. And even though yes, it is fan service, but it's something we want to see because mm-hmm. again, the way that Andrews Peter just that way that trilogy was treated was so sad. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't even a trilogy. But... Yeah. <laughs> it, so it, we'll get to that because it might be. Yeah. Yeah, because then just a, this one for Tom Holland feels like his origin trilogy. And now mm-hmm. supposedly we're going to see him come into his own. Like now his suit won't have technology. So we might mm-hmm. still see him in the in the MCU. So this entirely like this, all of this was his origin story. And then it was also a nice conclusion to Andrew Garfield's Peter, which I really mm-hmm. liked because there is a lot of that we get filled in. Like um, Gwen died and he kind of went, dark i want to see mm-hmm. that i want to see his batman era <laughs> yeah. Emo, yeah. Emo, emo garfield there emo emo garfield. Garfield. oh yeah 
it's, it's, it's interesting. We'll get to, to Andrew Garfield in a little bit, but I want to like make a, make a point here to say that all of the discourse that I've seen online about this movie, besides the Tom Holland uh, hero's journey with the trilogy concluding and obviously the villains, everyone, what everyone else focuses on is the Andrew Garfield narrative. Not so much Tobey Maguire, which I find interesting because he was like the original Spider-Man who had his trilogy and, you know, it's the classic <laughs> one that everyone looks back to. And Dude, somehow... We're looking and, like a youth pastor. You said youth I pa pastor. That, I, I love that <laughs> comment. They said that. I was like, oh my God. So true. But that's it, right? Like, is it me or like, did I, or does it feel that like, at like Toby's presence in the movie has kind of like been... I'm not going to say ignored, but uh, mm -hmm. not as fiercely saw, yeah. discussed. <laughs> I saw a lot of love for him, definitely, because he is like, again, we grew up with him. It was mm -hmm. the Spider-Man. The Spider-Man films were the first superhero films I ever saw in theaters. So there was that love and appreciation for him. I think it was it just because also Andrew is doing Tick, Tick, Boom. He did Eyes of Tammy Faye. So he's like the mm -hmm. it guy in 2021. So I think that affects it, too. Mm -hmm. But also, I think it was just we didn't realize how starved we were for a proper conclusion to his mm -hmm. Peter. Because if if you're a Spider-Man fan, you know how much he generally loved playing the character. And I think that evokes some emotion in people because mm -hmm. he was so sad when it was done, but he was still so supportive of Tom Holland and where the mm -hmm. story was going. And you could tell he was so happy to be there. So I think that's might be what connect with so many people also the fact that toby was just left alone the entire time during promotion and then everyone kept mm. asking andrew garfield like are you in the movie so there was also mm. that aspect i think it has to do with a lot of the promotion for the film with andrew garfield denying ever being in the film mm -hmm. and right because toby wasn't promoting anything so he wasn't yeah toby like that was the thing that. toby is so low-key that i think that's why I, there are so many aspects beyond just andrew's peter or the people that love his character there's I, I really do think that it's also like he had Tommy Faye, he had Tick Tick Boom, he was doing promotion for those films. So of course they were bothering him about No Way Home. Mm -hmm. So I think that influences a lot because he's yeah. the first person you think of during promotions for this film. Which 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 is uh, like I've seen online a bunch of people saying that he deserves the Oscar just for like his denials of Spider-Man. The werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> so good for good. Or, or, I loved him. Exactly. Uh, or or we can people are yet now realizing that Andrew Garfield was always the best Spider-Man. <laughs> Which coming back into that, do we think now that I mean I'm sure that these talks have happened in corporate, and now that like uh, Andrew Garfield is kind of back into the public consciousness of like not only because he's a great actor who's in a lot of good movies, all, you know, in a row suddenly, uh, but because now he's been in Spider-Man and like having the conclusion of his a journey kind of piggybacking into no way home do we think that there is space for an amazing spider-man 3 do we think it's possible and what we want to see from it mo let's start with you since i know you're like a big amazing spider-man fan I, I i really yeah like what joseph was saying like we're missing that conclusion and you know part of it was given delivered here you know we we see but there's still like development on the character that needs to be like played out. Uh, and the fact that it's, I mean, they, they, they call it as like, Oh, the least like, Oh, you, you haven't gone to space. You haven't fought any aliens. So I only <laughs> fought like a Russian with like yeah. rhino suit, but, but that's, that's what Spider-Man has been all about. It's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It's, mm -hmm. it's usually it's saving the, the neighbors, the family, the inspiring others to portray that. And mm. I it's either we, you know, either we go for one last Andrew Garfield or we take the advice that Electro kind of like implied, like, oh, I, you're from Queens, you're helping everybody. I thought you were going to be black. I thought you were black, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which Miles so, Morales, come on, give Miles, it to us. Yeah, Miles Morales, so either... Either of those stories, I will be glad to follow up. Either you bring real life Miles Morales, make a life action, uh, mm -hmm. or finish up with the Andrew Garfield trilogy. At least one more chance, or you know, if. But 
I don't know what whatever marketing we saw like and I know that now spawn I mean not spawn venom they they have the same character design yeah. <laughs> venom is some also now coming back to MCU so I don't know what's that gonna going to imply mm-hmm. uh, if if that's just gonna be like the next main villain for Tom Holland or what's gonna happen because then I guess I haven't seen the Venom ones, so I don't know it's which okay. universe that Venom. Comes I saw from. I saw the first one for you. You're fine. Uh, you're okay. Uh, but 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 love we, them. We, They're my favorite rom coms. <laughs> but we wish. Well, you look wish, at it from that perspective. Then you'll see which which okay. which, which universe does this Venom come from? Do we know or? I don't know because I thought with the ending of No Way Home that he went back to the Sony universe. Yes, that's what I understood too. Like he was. But, but is that the Andrew Garfield universe or is that the Toby The Maguire? Andrew Garfield universe, that... I think it would be. Okay. Right? So then well, we, I don't you, think I don't think they've established like where the since the it's Sony, I'm assuming that is. it would be like anything that has to do with the Sony property. So so I, I wonder think, yeah. if, if that that's gonna be their next approach. Like half Venom will be He's the link to the, the, the link, stuff. the web between the Spider-Verses. <laughs> Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, Josie, what do you think about uh, Andrew Garfield coming back in a potential amazing Spider-Man 3? What are the possibilities for it? And what would you like to see? Clearly, I love him. I, I will gush forever. <laughs> but I don't want to see another amazing Spider-Man film unless like, I'm fully convinced like they have a good story or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because I think they everything they did in No Way Home was perfect to end his arc. And to do justice to that part of his career where he was um, Spider-Man. But I just want to see, I want Miles Morales. <laughs> I want Miles Morales now. So that's the next thing I would love to see in the Spideyverse. Mm-hmm. Do we think that Spider-Man should, re- like, obviously this is not up to Marvel, unfortunately, because they don't own the rights. Uh, but do we want to see Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse in the Sony verse, so to speak, or do we want to keep it with uh, within the MCU, or do we think like Spider Man could benefit actually from taking a little break from the MCU and kind of living on his own? What do you guys think about that? Starting with you, Joseph. <laughs> Sorry. I think I think that's where they want to take it. I think they want to give Spider Man his own story now, which I think is what we've been craving from the beginning because a lot of people that was the main complaint because each film was like either um tony stark or then it was doctor strange so it would be nice to see him on his own especially i think that's what they're leading up to right now since nobody can remember him but i like him in the mcu i like to see how that connects because i we, we saw Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the MCU. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to picture him elsewhere. But I wouldn't be opposed to him maybe going to the Sony-verse. Let's call it that. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. With Jared Leto. Uh... I don't know. Just keep him with uh, Tom Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought we were going to get Tom Hardy's Venom in The Way Home. And I was like, it's just an end credit scene. This is insulting. I think I think it would have gotten too busy if like Venom I know. had just I wanted Miles. Up. I wanted Miles. Miles. I wanted Tom Hardy. Give me a four-hour sure film. <laughs> take that, Francis Ford Coppola. You're not the only one that can make long films. Uh, but uh, yeah, I definitely want Miles Morales. Uh, they should not whitewash him, of course. He's Afro-Caribbean. So no, I'm still him. upset when I'm any Give him black because uh, that's important. Uh, but I mean, well, obviously we got him in into the Spider-Verse, but a live action uh, Miles Morales would not be a bad thing for sure. Uh, but would that Miles Morales live within the MCU? Again, it's like now with all the multiverse stuff, it's like, does he live in his own universe that detached from mm-hmm. the MCU or the Sony-verse? Like, where would Miles Morales live? I think he would want to live somehow in the in the MCU, I think, because I think he can exist Reasons. there. I was reading one of his comics the other day because I've never read a Miles Morales comic. Mm. One of my coworkers borrowed one from the library and I was like, can I borrow it? Mm. <laughs> and it was a, an issue where he's fighting like this demon from space. And I think 
Yeah, it was a literal demon. And Mephisto. Mephisto, Like Mephisto's son or something like that, I think it was. I'm not even joking. (laughs) It was like Prince Demon whatever. And he's fighting fighting alongside the Avengers. And he's like kicking butt while the Avengers are like getting their asses handed back to them. And Miles is like, yeah, I'm Miles Morales. (laughs) Puerto Rican. Puerto Ricans do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I think the MCU is like the better place because if I recall correctly, and I could be absolutely wrong, so please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, in home, in Homecoming, the first Spider-Man of the Tom Holland ones. Uh, uh, oh my God, I forgot his name. Uh, from Atlanta. Uh, Jesus. Um, Donald Glover. Thank you, Donald Glover. It's in the film, and he, his character implies that he has a cousin, and I think his character is actually Miles Morales's cousin. I think if if if, if I'm. Um, that he has a nephew in Queens. A nephew, yeah. So that would so, make him. Um, I'm blanking on the name. The Crawler. Sorry. So, so technically, Miles Morales already is implied so in the MCU. They set it up. They set it up in that first film. Yeah. And Marvel keeps pushing Young Avengers. I don't know if Miles Morales is part of the Young Avengers. I, I, I don't know. I don't. Re- I mean, he does have. Something. He does have a couple issues with um like comic book issues where he's in the same story with america chavez so Mm -hmm. who is now going to appear in dr strange 2 in the multiverse of madness so we've i think we've talked a lot and gushed a lot about a spider-man no way home so why don't we move into like our expectations now moving a little bit into the future obviously we can't talk that much because movies aren't out but uh the trailer for dr strange 2 just dropped not just dropped but dropped fairly recently and i think it is fair to say it blew our collective consciousness because uh, of its implications of maybe tying into apparently the what if animated show and like all, obviously the, all the consequences of the multiverse in spider-man america chavez coming in and uh, scarlet witch so it, it's 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 a lot and obviously by sam raimi you know director of spider-man one two so, also, um, uh, British Captain America. <laughs> oh, British Captain America. Hey, yeah, hey, that her Peggy shield. Peggy. Peggy oh, Carter. Captain Carter. Captain, her, Carter. Captain yeah. Carter. Her shield was in the poster. Yeah, right, right. I, someone said that it was Captain Britain. And I'm like, why would they put Captain Britain if they already have Captain Carter? It doesn't. I mean, if they're already um, alluding to the connections with the What If show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come on, give us Captain Carter. Exactly. Uh, Mo, why don't we start with you? What did you think of that trailer? Did you watch it? <laughs> I, I think it did. I mean, oh, I, yeah. I saw I, I saw the end the end I think credit at the movie and, and I oh, yeah, right, I right. saw that was a teaser though. That wasn't a that was a teaser. Uh and then I yeah, yeah, the one that came in the Super Bowl, I think I saw it. Yes. Uh that, yeah. Uh I'm I'm up all for it. Uh, the the crazier shit goes the more excited i get so uh i want to i want to see how they delve into it i at this point i have no doubt that it is the what ifs (laughs) like breaking into like the whole multiverse i mean loki already established that Mm -hmm. the multiverse is already free free for all uh and now with dr strange breaking the barriers and making it all access i Mm-hmm. Have no doubt that is probably uh, so. It's probably gonna be you know, again the the team up of like making the team. Okay, let's get mm-hmm. Wanda. Let's get Doctor Strange. Uh, probably and by the end of the movie, you have Professor like X. Professor X. You have uh, somehow Ned will gain more powers and become right. the next Supreme Sorcerer. Filipino powers. I guess Harkness is probably gonna be in this, and I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> I didn't even America think of her. Chavez. And yes, you know what? Bring back. I want to. I want to see the gambit. Bring the gambit back. <laughs> Channing Tatum as gambit. Yeah. <laughs> Please, Lord, no. Uh, if if the if the if the Lord exists, the one mercy I want from him is to not have Channing Tatum play gambit. Please, give him away. Just have him do uh, twenty three Jump Street. I'll watch that, but I will not watch him play gambit. Uh, <laughs> Josie, what did you think of that trailer? What are your expectations for Doctor Strange too? I like the trailer. I really like that they said the word nightmare, and immediately I was like, "Nightmare, <laughs> come on to you," because I, 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 a lot of the theories were that since Mephisto is out the door for now, 
a lot of people were like, oh, the main villain is going to be a nightmare for this film. But then they're doing like evil Doctor Strange versus regular Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. I feel like we're in for a lot of surprises. Do we think that the evil Doctor Strange, I don't know if it's been confirmed or not, if the evil Doctor Strange we see in the trailer, the same evil Doctor Strange from What If? Or are they different evil know. Doctor Stranges? Because he doesn't have like the, you know, pointy, pointy cape and stuff. So I'm like, is he the same? Different, but same, but still different. Doing, but I'm excited. <laughs> Very much like, so. Yeah. Could be, Especially could be all, if... could be both. <laughs> Why not both? Right. And no. some people were alluding that there were, I didn't see it in the trailer, but some people were like, yes, there were shots of like the zombie Avengers. And I was like, where? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it's different zombie Avengers. I don't think it's the same zombies mm-hmm. from a what if, but yeah, there was a zombie Wanda and a zombie Doctor Strange, which was doing like the Hindu thing okay, with then, all the arms. <laughs> but then I, I want to see Peter movie. with the Doctor Strange cape because that was my yeah. favorite part of what if. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's just like, hey, that's everything let's do it let's 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 the kid everything me all of this is because i tried to help you (laughs) yeah it's like i'm gonna make everyone remember you now don't worry but you have to help but uh the thing that blew my mind and even though it's not been confirmed even though it's confirmed because patrick stewart did a terrible job at uh denying that he's in the trailer because i'm like he's not andrew garfield nobody can do it like Andrew (laughs) his excuse was so bad he's like i was watching a football game how could it could be me i'm like dude because what? That doesn't make sense. Oh, you recorded it before. Lomo. That sounds like such a... Patrick Stewart. Like a, yeah, abuelito. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Grandpa, are you okay? You need your medicine. Uh, get you, I'll get you some tea with some whiskey. Don't worry, Grandpa. But oh uh, when, I heard, when I heard that voice, we should tell him the truth. I'm like, oh my God, they did it. They brought him back. The power of money. I can't believe it. After he said that he was not going to come back and that his swan song was Logan, Professor X is back in the fold. But do we think that this is the Professor X from the X-Men universe that we previously saw on Fox, or is this some uh, variant of Professor X? What do we think? Mo. Got me there. I think it could be more Fox, but not definitely not the Logan one. The Logan one is gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people yeah. were alluding to like, maybe it's before he, like, before Logan. And I'm like, mm, mm. maybe. I don't know. I think it makes more sense for it to be like a variant Professor X. Yeah, it could be a new one or unless they want to play again with that fan service since it works so well in No Way Home. Just Mm. to be able to make references. And this is a great and this is a great way to since now since we all got faked out on WandaVision with a fake Pietro. This is a great way to actually bring real real Pietro from the X-Men universe into the MCU now and actually not be, you know, what was his name? Uh, I forget the name, the, his stupid name in the One Division show. Actually Ralph Boner. <laughs> Ralph Boner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stupid name, but I love it. Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Strange. Very excited for that. Uh, we'll see when you know. We'll see when it comes out. It's, it's a great time for cinema. But before we conclude everything, I know Josie, you can't really talk much about it because the em- the review embargoes are still up, and this is going to release before that, so you can't really give us a review of a film but you have a like a final spicy take before we wrap up no way home and uh, what, 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 what was it that you wanted to share with with us so as much as i've been gushing about no way home i was <laughs> recently bestowed the honor of being able to go to an advanced press screening for the batman and i enjoyed that film surprisingly more than no way home and I love No Way Home, so I hope that gets you excited. That that is so, so thrilling to so that means that there's a multiverse that's happening, and all the Batman are gonna be <laughs> in the Batman. You heard it here first. Yeah, it's Batman confirmed. The <laughs> Batman is coming back. Even 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 the camp they're gonna resurrect the campy Batman from the '60s. Uh, he's coming back too. Uh, all of them. Gonna they're gonna point at each other. <laughs> yes, yes, and Jack Nicholson's also gonna be the Joker in this one. But you can't have a Batman movie without the Joker. Honestly, but uh, props to props to both the studios that keep trying to make these characters work. Because I remember when Spider-Man, when they started doing Amazing Spider-Man, that I was like, is this going to turn into a Batman mm-hmm. thing? Because we keep getting different iterations of Batman. Mm-hmm. And I never understood why. The Like, I should have guessed, like, huh, money. <laughs> but if one works, why yep. do you keep <laughs> trying to make new ones, like resetting it? 
and then the same thing would happen with Spider-Man. So props to them to finally getting to a place where I feel like they genuinely just started doing it for in Marvel's case, for the sake mm-hmm. of the audience, just to make them happy. And in this new Batman with Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. um, it just feels like for the sake of telling a good story. Right. Yeah. And it's Matt Reeves, you know, and I loved his Planet of the Apes films. So like, I'm very, very, very excited. <laughs> it seems like he's going to be, Let's see. Let's see if my take is accurate to what you saw in the cinema recently. That he's gonna pull a little uh, Ryan Johnson on us and be a little. He's gonna be like the last Jedi of Batman films. Maybe no. Maybe uh, we'll just have to wait and see. We we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> I do. I do like that the trailers are heavily implying that there's gonna be uh, this Batman's gonna double down on the romance. He's like, yes, Batman fucks. Uh, Batman falls in love, and Zoe Kravitz is here. And we're there's not a little shy away bit of everything it. in this film for everyone. If you're a romance lover, there is romance. If you love true crime, if you love mystery, if you like good You fight. heard it here first, Raylos. If you like <laughs> Ben and Ray, you're going to like Batman and Catwoman. Uh, uh, but yeah, so this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much, Josie, for joining us. As always, like we said, you're like our, the, the fourth Beatle or the fifth Beatle. I, don't, I forget how many Beatles there are. So you're you're that extra one for us. You're the fourth triad of the Force Amendment. Very honored. Always, always happy to have you around. But before we wrap up, why don't you tell? We talked a little bit at the beginning of the show of some of the places that where you're uh, currently working at. But why don't you tell people where they can find you, where they can expect to see some of your movie reviews, and you know where they can find you on the socials. Yeah, you can definitely find me at the Josie Marie on Twitter and Letterbox. Also, you can follow Film Posers at Film Posers basically everywhere and we will definitely leave links to that in the description below so it's easier for you to find them please make sure to find and support these are really good people puerto ricans doing really good work so we always have to support each other especially when the work is good <laughs> so please yeah. go ahead and support that uh, but with that we have been trial of the force thank you so much for listening to us you can find us as well on basically all the social media platforms twitter instagram unfortunately facebook because you have to do it uh, you can also find us on podcasts and we're every pot chasers you know we are apple spotify uh, i don't know if amazon maybe not who knows but search and maybe you'll find us just search at try out the force and you're gonna be sure to find us youtube as well and if you really support the channel and you really like what we what we're doing and would like to support somehow we don't have a patreon but we do have a merch store on t public where you can find a bunch of designs that we design ourselves they're not they're not branded so you like something but and don't want us actually support us but buy one other designs that's okay too we get a very small profit margins so please keep that in mind every dollar helps uh, but with that thank you so much we have been tried of the force may the force be with you <laughs>